Hello everyone! The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes on a recent horror release, and just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers for said horror release, so don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. I like the intimacy of these films. I like that they are centered on a small handful of characters, that they take place out in the open, kind of away from civilization, or what remains a civilization. Well, what do you think the appeal is? Because even for a horror film, this movie has made a lot of money, like yeah. way more than I ever would have expected. So it's clearly bringing in people that aren't just horror fans, right? Yeah, and therein lies the rub. So I do think that that's one of the reasons why it's so successful, is that it is a bit more of a four-quadrant kind of populist film. And I think that's also one of the reasons why it gets a bunch of flack from quote-unquote horror fans, because we don't always like it when movies are mass-market friendly. Okay, everyone, if you are one of the people that thinks that, that is called <laughs> gatekeeping. Go back and listen to the gatekeeping minisode. <laughs> you need to not do that. Like, it's okay to not like this movie. I do think, I mean, maybe we'll lose patrons of this. I do think it's really silly to be like, oh, that's made for the masses. It's not my horror. I, I really, I, that makes me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to keep it together. I can hear it in your voice. I, I, yes. <laughs> it's one of those things, yes, where you can acknowledge that you don't care for these films as much as other people. But yeah, if your rationale is because they're very popular and lots of other people like them, are you trying to suggest that in order for something to be good, it has to have a limited cult appeal or you have to feel special for being one of those people? Because that's not a barometer of a good film that says just more about who you are and what you like i mean for me this is very much a oh my god there's a creature feature that made 350 million dollars worldwide that is mm -hmm. awesome i mean we can say that about the meg too but the meg isn't actually a bad movie so it's like <laughs> uh yeah you could argue that the level of craftsmanship is actually quite a bit better here mm -hmm. i think the other big thing to me is whenever i see any horror movie doing well I think, A, it's a rising tide lifts all boats situation that means horror gains a little bit more credibility. Yep. Maybe it means that we get more horror films because they say, oh, I want to sink money into that because I'm going to get a huge fucking profit. Or in this case, oh, it's a creature feature that made nearly $300 yeah. million. I want more creature features, Trace. I want Deep Rising 2. I mean... I Oh my god, we could have gotten that with this. I, I, I do wonder... <laughs> I wonder, though... I mean, do you think it's also, like, who's behind it? I mean, you have John Krasinski directing the first movie, yeah. and he, he was one of three co-writers. You have, it, you know, him and his publicly public wife, <laughs> Emily Blunt. <laughs> oh, are they public? They're, I know. They're not private anymore? <laughs> so, I mean, it's... And so, I mean, you have people that know them as actors and the yes. things they've been in that's drawing in... People that mm -hmm. may not really be into horror. But, I mean, you know, I, I still see a grandma like, oh, it's that sweet Jim from The Office. Oh, yeah. it's like an alien monster movie? Mm, hard pass. But Yeah, but I'm willing to bet there's a lot more people who are saying, oh, I loved her in The Devil Wears Prada. So, yep. yeah, you know what? I am going to go and check out her movie on opening weekend. So, I, I think it was one of those things where it was just like, I mean, the, the reason the budget for the first movie was $17 million is because I don't even think the studio knew it was going to be that big. No. But... They were like, oh, that guy from The Office and his passion project. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which also good for Krasinski, because I've never seen him do anything horror related, and I'm not going to check to see if he's been in one, but he shows a real knack for the genre in these films. He does. 
he had only directed one other feature. I can't even remember the name of it, but it was not well received. So mm-hmm. to go from middling reviews and not a lot of success to really stellar reviews and huge box office success, it's, uh, you know, I don't care much about him as a person. He seems lovely and he now takes his top off on the regular and he's very fit. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, so if, he, but if he's you. not if he's not fit, you don't care. More or less, yes. I only care about the fit bodies. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything for or against him. I, I don't watch The Office. I mean, I'm sorry. I've seen probably half of the episodes because it's one of my husband's put on before we go to bed shows. There you go. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, I mean, I, I... I mean, I'm gay. I went to see this because of Emily Blunt, the first oh, one. Oh, no. For for sure. I mean, I, I am the same way. Creatures and <laughs> Emily Blunt. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> no, but I actually do like... This is going to sound bad. I like that he's not in this movie because I do like that we don't didn't have to worry about that character (laughs) i mean yeah i remember thinking it was a nice sort of ballsy choice to kill him off at the end of the first one i thought his death was dumb narratively i didn't think he needed to die but i was happy that they were willing to kill off characters like that movie killed off the dad and it killed off a child so you know that i was happy yeah and then coming into this film it left an interesting void as to, oh, are they going to try to fill that role with somebody else, which they kind of do with Killian Murphy's character. Mm-hmm. But also then we get to see Emily Blunt's character go through different paces, right? Because this film is literally right after the events of the first film. So she has had no time to process the fact that her husband has died before she has to take the show on the road. Mm-hmm. 